This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Really dumb. Welcome to the Really 007 podcast for our first foray into the James Bond songbook. You can find us and listen in on iTunes and Spotify, and we're on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So tonight, I'm joined by our regular contributors, Harry and Math Pickup, my brothers. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello, hello. 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 But we are in the presence of royalty. We also welcome Mr. Matt Kanzik. Yeah, he's nodding. Yeah. Hello. Good morning. Good yes. morning, technically. <laughs> well, Matt is making his debut on the Really 007 pod. Amazingly, this, is this isn't our first transatlantic uh, broadcast from LA. This is our second after Sir Anthony Stark performed. So, beat you to it, Matt. Still counts. Still counts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting introduction for the people who don't know you. But, uh, yeah, what are you doing in LA? Good question. Am I chasing the Yankee <laughs> Donner? Uh, uh, <laughs> Keep it boarding. I uh, I was fortunate enough to get a work transfer to LA. <laughs> uh, a work transfer to LA in September of 2019. I've been working in music publishing for about 10 years now, and uh, specifically in production music. Um, so licensing music into TV shows and commercials and film trailers and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I've been out here coming up on 18 months now. And yeah, can't complain really. It's all right. The weather's great. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any licensing, license to killing work with with any James Bond <laughs> songs or artists? Have you ever used them in your work? Sadly, not. That's that's firmly on the to do list for the rest of my Should career. I think. 
Yeah, interestingly, it is. it can be quite tricky with that side of things because studios generally retain a lot of the rights for, for film music, which can get a bit complicated. That would definitely be a, a bucket list item, I think, career-wise. Well, you do love James Bond, I take it. Now. I do, I do. And it's funny, I was thinking about, you know, my experiences with the franchise growing up and my abiding memory is the 10 o'clock news break on itv yeah when they used to show the films and you'd have to you know we briefly leave this (laughs) this film for now just to watch the news for 10 minutes license to kill continues after the news that's back when you're children and the the news is boring isn't it when you're a kid as well yeah yeah not the news it's so boring yeah. yeah I don't care about David Suchet. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, it's funny because I, I did what most people did, I think, at that time, which was recorded all of them, you know, on VHS. And so you'd inevitably then have to fast forward through if you, if you forgot to stop it and then restart the recording. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was funny reminiscing about all of that. And then obviously, I think age-wise, very much in that era of GoldenEye on the N64 which I think, you know, whenever there's something outside of a film that just immerses you in it even more, it really does become part of your youth if you were that age or childhood or whatever. And the other thing which I vividly remember was the license to thrill attraction, I suppose is the word to use for it, at the Trocadero in London. So this was in the build-up to the release of The World Is Not Enough. And the closest thing I can describe it to is there's, there was obviously like an entrance hall where they had, you know, it, it set the scenario of being a secret agent and going on a special mission for M. And I'm pretty sure Judy Dench was on screen and um, and did the introduction. Is it you, kind of. So you then went and sat on. It wasn't a ride as such. Kind but of a ride. Still kind of in a ride. Seat. <laughs> but the, the, well, this is what funny. The close. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to think of what you, I could compare it to, and you know, in in. Bit the bean film, yeah, Dolphin's yeah, Disaster movie, when he cracks yeah. up there. Like, that's... Yeah, like, when you're sat, like, looking at a screen, and it does move like... That's what it looked like. <laughs> so, thankfully, nobody had cranked it up as such, but that's what it looked like. And then I also remember, at the end of it, you get a, a mock MI, MI5 or MI6 ID card. And, you know, it had your, like, passport photo in it, and then I had a replica P99 cap gun oh my um so you know that yeah like that really was sort of the peak time in terms of getting into and then you know my parents are probably a little bit older than most my age and so they they'd grown up with all the films and i think they were probably more roger moore fans than sean connery which definitely influenced me because i know i preferred those those films growing up and then yeah obviously age-wise had the pierce brosnan era and you know, really getting into that habit of looking forward to the next release and, and George you know, all the build up and the various. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, it was, you know, it was a big part of, of, of my childhood. And I went to boarding school as well. So there are a lot of nights where, you know, there'd be a film night and Bond was always high on the agenda. So, um, yeah. Fun, fun memories that I've been able to dredge so, up. Memories suggest but Bond ended yeah. with Pierce Brosnan. Then, <laughs> well, I mean, you could, you could. I, I've had this discussion with a lot of people. I, I felt that when I wasn't a fan of Die Another Day, which you know, just not probably not that surprising. But I think the issue I had when the Daniel Craig 
era started. Or should I say Daniel Craig? Yes, yes. Craig, you US? should, yeah. Very good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The Daniel Craig era. <laughs> Graham crackers. Um, it was, <laughs> um, I, I felt to start with they were born films. You know, they, they were good. Sta- there were a lot of things that were good about them as standalones, but they just didn't feel like Bond films. And I think a lot of that comes from that growing up with the Roger Moore stuff and the slightly, well, it's, it's the wrong word, shameless innuendo yeah. Yeah. in most instances. And, and when that's what you're used to, you kind of tune into that. And um, yeah, I've, I've come to love more of the recent stuff and I've learned to love it, but it wasn't as easy as the earlier stuff. Would you say Roger is mm. your favourite Bond? If you had to name one. Probably David. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, I, if Tim if, wasn't on. Undou- yeah, if, if Tim. Undoubtedly Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Undoubtedly Timothy Dalton. And I think... Don't keep saying it. If, I, was, I was thinking about this last night, trying to nail down what... Well, <laughs> hammer the point home. I was trying to think what it was that really, you know, solidifies that for me. And I think he's very... He's very fallible. You can imagine him getting seriously injured in a lot of instances. And I think he's he's a very believable, very believable secret agent. There's that bit in License to Kill where, you know, to, to get access to Sanchez, he just picks up a tray of drinks and walks through the kitchen to kind of blend in. Oh, and he yeah. does blend in. And I think that's the thing. When you think a lot of the others, they'd stick out like a sore thumb in that, in, in that instance. And I think he's very believable because he blends in to a crowd but can still obviously you know turn it on when he's in a casino and put a tux on and all those kind <laughs> the, of things the, so. does anybody no, here speak English he's found the grail already yeah. <laughs> 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 nice to now that is so that, that's so true about Timothy Dalton golden year and I also really enjoy the random northern northern yeah. accent, you know, <laughs> bits that just just fly in occasionally, um, which you know keeps you on your toes. I quite enjoy that. But yeah, he's. I think he was. It was a real shame that he didn't do more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say my favourite Bond film, and not just my favourite Bond film. One of my favourite films is Licence yeah. to Kill, and it is bittersweet because you do think about what could have been, and age-wise, he was you know right there in terms of just being at the perfect age for for one more film at least i think and then obviously all the you know all the background into why that didn't happen but yeah i i mean i would say a view to a kill is probably a close second i i absolutely love that film i think the cinematography is incredible uh you know all the stuff at the end with you know with the um with the airship and those sweeping shots of san francisco it's it's incredible and the music's great in that one particularly when you know roger moore's carrying her down the ladder oh. <laughs> That really grand, sweeping yeah. score, you know. Da, da, everyone da, watching, da, and it's just like, da, kind of like oh, da, 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 is that da, the end of the film? Then yeah, we're done. Do you That's know what? The big finale. I'd like. I'd like to see some football hooligan fans going walking down a cobbled road like Just think of all these sniffy reviews, like yeah, you can you imagine seeing that in the cinema? Like, are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, are you not yeah. entertained? <laughs> the thing about License to Kill as well is that, you know, again, I mentioned age-wise when, you know, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough were coming out. The other thing about seeing the films pop up on ITV was, you know, License to Kill was always later because yeah. of the 15 rating. And it was like, oh, this is the grown-up one. 
you know and it was um th- there was probably an added excitement about that and i f- i feel this may be complete rubbish but i feel like it was on less often i feel like they focused on the connery and roger moore ones yeah. a lot more and generally didn't show them so when it was on it was you know it was a real event so um yeah Dalton and License to Kill, undoubtedly, for me. You're right, Matt, about License to Kill not being on ITV as much. I remember, I think there was one time it, it had planned to be on. You know, it was supposed to be on, scheduled to be on. And then there was some, you know, quite what it must have been, but like something in the news that stopped it from, yeah, from some murder being shown. Yeah. Like two, yeah. We mentioned Yeah, this. yeah. Was it not Dumbledore? or it, if I jumped that? It may, it may have been. It may have been. And then uh, I remember, Tom, we, we went away on holiday for a couple of weeks or something like, oh, Rob, Rob Parker told me that it was actually on. Yeah, it was on while we're you know oh, we, what we missed it because our our record our recording of License to Kill this film that we're absolutely obsessed with our original recording didn't have the first it, it, our recording cut to it and he was being Sanchez was being you know rescued from the underwater oh yeah you know, the, of course the, the, the yeah. Oh, yeah oh no yeah. so oh yeah. what a shame she so wouldn't yeah the miss, yeah. missing the slow mo when, when you finally get it yeah you'd hear that scene later so good. So good, so good, and and like if, if you look at Lighter in yeah. the background as well, he's. I mean, it's so over. It's like baring his teeth. He's old, yeah. <laughs> so over the top. Like imagine doing that when you're running as fast as you can. It's really interesting difficult. that they only do that. They only do that once in the film, don't they? Slow motion, yeah, yeah. like that. It's only that once, as far as I, know, I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Unlike Tamahori. Yeah. So of course, Matt. I know you, and then consequently Harry and Tom know you because oh, yeah, uh, we went to uni together. <laughs> so we, we're at the same halls of residence, Ranmore at Sheffield Uni. You know, one of the very first things I noticed when I... Because you, you lived in the opposite room to me, didn't you? I, I did, and there's an interesting story about that as well. I was originally meant to be in your room. Oh. Ah. But not together. <laughs> not, no, no. no, I was, yeah. no I was, it's not me. It's not me and another guy called Matt. Yeah, yeah, but... yeah. Two yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah no i was i was originally meant to be in your room and and this is brilliant i've never heard this before i was i was sure i told you but this is this is fantastic if i haven't i got there earlier than everyone else did and my mum thought she smelt damp in the corner of the room and uh and got me got me reallocated over the no is that the way. first time you've revealed that? Oh, dear me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, Confession. It, it did always yeah. smell sit damp. Oh, no. It was narrow, my, my room. No. Matt's was much yeah. better. Yeah, absolutely outrageous yeah. behaviour yeah. from you yeah. and your mum. But well, you, you, yeah. you're still here, you're, you're yeah. still here anyway. So, but you know, but the uh, what I was going to say was, you know, <laughs> still here. When, you'd, when you'd put your DVDs on show and stuff, you know, went, went into your room and... Mm. Was it A View to a Kill and Licence to Kill were the two that you had in your... <laughs> that you had two, I'm pretty sure. And... <laughs> It, it, you know, it would have just been those two at that point. They, it was it was added to subsequently with other favourites, right, yeah. as opposed to the whole collection. Uh, um, so I thought yeah. there was one I could follow. You know that. You know, <laughs> this, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. This guy might you always right. wear a sheep. Yeah. Despite what I've seen earlier, he might actually be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you just found out, how wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clearly, we're obsessed with Licence to Kill. I think we must have... Even when I went round to see my brothers... I used to go to Sheffield, but a bit earlier. 
when I used to go around to when you had a house and all three of you in the same house. I can remember coming in from nights out and just popping on license to kill. <laughs> just force of habit, really. Uh, yeah. Can you get a better night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was generally license to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Batman Begins, Dark Knight, one of those three. It would always be a, <laughs> yeah. you know, a solid choice. S- a nice serious film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've probably guessed it, but the music we're mainly going to be talking about tonight is from Licence to Kill. Our first episode on the songs of James Bond focuses on the particular favourites of these three gents. This is Matt Kazic's night. So he, he, gets, he got first dibs on Licence to Kill. <laughs> yeah, you're in now. We all it's are. welcome. It's not my, my favourite yeah. Bond. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to count them up earlier, and I counted 37 original compositions. Licence to Kill has got about four in, hasn't it? We're going to save, we're mm. going to leave that. No, we're going to leave some of them because I know John is obsessed in Wedding Party. Yeah, you do realise that that's sort of a, a nod back to Dr. No, the jump jump. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah. I, I Very crisp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, crisp. He's guessed it from the clues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I knew that because yeah. he wrote half of it there. <laughs> and, and he wrote the other half over there. <laughs> so I'm just trying, to, just trying to claw back the American listeners. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean that that was that was in a very obscure way. You could tie that into Goldeneye. Yes, good. Which was yeah, written, yeah. you know written written by Bono yeah. in the Edge. Yeah. So. yeah, we might get onto that. We'll yeah. get there. Well, we will. The main title songs, which we will go through in these in this series of episodes, some of you, some of which don't even use the title. You know, there isn't a song called Octopussy or The Spy Who Loved Me, for instance, or Casino Royale. That said, though, I did, when looking up the Octopussy soundtrack, I um, found a rapper, <laughs> you know, a small independent artist rapper released an EP called Octopussy, the album <laughs> Octopussy, and uh, I didn't listen to sure. it, but I... Uh, That'll be playing over... And it used the official the official title oh. fonts for the cover. Like it used the official. Good um, I mean, I, I, I must give it a listen. To be, it I'm, can only disappoint. I'll, I'll yeah. get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on this episode, we've we've chosen title tracks. We've also chosen some of those secondary songs. Not limited to the first one. I think was probably Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in Thunderbolt. We will be discussing. On our next episode with uh, John and Glenn Standish on a Majesty's Secret Service, which, of course, had We Have All the Time in the World. Absolute classic. Some of the secondary songs are more famous. And perhaps, well, one of the ones we're going to discuss tonight is actually a massive song in America, the secondary song. Underrated. Not this version. <laughs> we'll get on to that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get on to that. So, to kick us off... <laughs> you think you've experienced yeah, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the sting yeah, version. Yeah. yeah, that song and unde- that that should have been performed by Sting. Perhaps it was. There's no. I I don't know. No, if it's, not, yeah. it's not Sting. John Barry is synonymous, isn't he, with the series? He's the the main composer. I think he did eleven of the films. None of you guys have chosen any John Barry songs without knowing it. That's that's not deliberate. That's, that is. Not that seems. Yeah, that seems sad and wrong. But. We have some fine, fine composers who have, have written these songs. I'm obsessed with doing things chronologically, so we begin with Math's choice. And Math has chosen possibly, not maybe not the, but in the top two or three most famous and most enduring songs in the James Bond catalogue. Math, why have you chosen Live and Let Die? Well, several reasons, chief, chief amongst them, that I 
absolutely love it. And I absolutely loved it as a child. <laughs> when I heard this song, I, I got so excited as a kid. And, you know, I remember when, Tom, when you got that album with the with the songs on, you know, for, I think you got it for a, one of your birthdays. The same time you got a Sega Saturn, anniversary, maybe, or if I made that up. Special. Yeah. Thirtieth yeah. anniversary one, yeah. Yeah, so I, rem- I remember I was just going mental. Because, you know, a lot of the, and I'll come on to this, but... A lot of they a lot of the um, Bond songs, like slow love songs, whereas this yeah. this takes you through so much. You know, I, it's almost like from like dramatic theatre or something. I'd, I'd, you know, um, musical theatre is what I meant, not dramatic theatre. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got a bit of yes. the Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody yeah. about it. Yeah, that's what I, I was yeah. thinking. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, much better though. So two great songs. It's just an in- pretty incredible piece of music that, like you say, Tom. You, you hear, you know, you hear it now. I remember seeing Paul McCartney on X Factor or something like that, or the X Factor final, and you know, he did this, and it was just so epic. And uh, you know, even now, this song has an impact and is used for stuff. And you know, uh, and, and like I say, before what had gone before was not like this. This was really like up tempo, or a lot of the song was really up tempo, and uh, it just sounds incredibly Bond. You know the final, the final notes, giving that uncertainty, and and it, oh, I, I just absolutely love it. And every time I hear it, I still get like, you know, it really gets me pumped up and uh, and excited. Yeah, I was interested in. I was thinking that you know, as we were sort of today preparing for this chat that we're having, I was thinking that comparison between Live and Let Die and Bohemian Rhapsody because of how it sort of shifts from genre to genre and tempo to tempo. I mean, I was joking a moment ago when I said Live and Let Die is a miles better song. I do much prefer Live and Let Die because I think for Bohemian Rhapsody, each part is absolutely brilliant, but, you know, what are the, like, four or five different parts? So you can't really invest... For me, I find it difficult to invest in each part of that song because you've got too much whereas in Live and Let Die it's it it doesn't overdo it it doesn't go too far it doesn't keep experimenting it it picks the best bits and just sticks to them and comes back to them and like Matt said that final thrilling end to it is unbelievable and as children it it, it, it makes you want to roll around doing play fights and things like that and you know and I, and when I hear it now, I, ca- I can't do anything but laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so just I, for me, it's just such an incredible song that it, I just I, I can only laugh. It's incredible. An- another thing I really love about it is its use within the film and the fact that you know we hear it several times in the film, different bits of it in the film. You know, I've been banging on about in in our reviews that if a composer doesn't write the the theme song, then you generally don't hear it in the in you know as an instrumental or at all within within the film which it should be synonymous with the identity of the film and I really think that Live and Let Die is very much like that Interestingly Paul and Linda McCartney wrote it George Martin did the score for the film so he, but he did produce the song I think it was one of the first times he'd reunited after the Beatles actually and he also arranged the orchestra so gave it that extra oomph as well Just in the background to it McCartney was contacted to write the song by the producers Saltzman and Broccoli uh, before the screenplay was finished. And as you've said, Matt, it was probably the first true rock song. There's been one since. There's been, you know, You Know My Name, View to Kill, you can argue. Um, <laughs> another way, another way yeah, to die. Well, yeah, great song. Paul McCartney asked to be sent a copy of the Ian Fleming novel. <laughs> and this is what he said. I read it and thought it was pretty good. That afternoon I wrote the song and went in the next week and did it it was a job of work for me, in a way. This is honestly because writing a song. This is, this is, I'm sorry. This was it, definitely yeah, yeah, written yeah, by David Friend. Yes, I know. Yeah, 
And most of it is footage of a, of a man doing a good job of work. In a way. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> At last. Um, and he said, because normally he would write a song from scratch without any preconceived ideas. So he said, writing a song around a title that's already been given to him is much, much more difficult, he found. Because the wor- he might write the melody first and then fit the words around uh, the tune, wouldn't he? As I think I've said this before. For some reason, Harry Saltzman was like, Oh yeah, cheers for doing the song. But uh, yeah, we got Shirley Bassey or somebody like that, Thelma Houston. He wanted to perform it, but George Martin was like, "Well, we got we got Paul McCartney, you know, was like was in the Beatles, and it's like <laughs> just unbelievable." And so he that was the deal breaker. George Martin said, "Well, you know, we'll only allow the song in to be used in the film if you get Paul McCartney to sing it or w- w- Wings, Paul McCartney Wings." So that was uh, yeah, the band, the, the band, Beatles, the Beatles, Beatles. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, this song proves it, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I- I'll let you Hot come in now there. because a staggering revelation on the eve of the recording session is that yeah. perhaps you aren't as yeah. keen on this song. Yeah, I know. I can't believe this. Not only did you steal my room, but you hate <laughs> the song "Live and Let Die." You know, you- you're not you're not the man I thought you were. Sorry, but you, you can present <laughs> I mean- your submissions. <laughs> Hate, hate is a very strong word. It frustrates me greatly because it's nearly perfect. It's very nearly perfect. And yet there's this abomination after an incredible, you know, typical Bond song-esque introduction. Gorgeous, you know, background harmonies and all this kind of stuff. And the, the drama that Harry was talking about. And then... Chaz and Dave turn up <laughs> for 10 what seconds. This guy's And it's, what are you doing? <laughs> and it doesn't even come back again what later are you in the song. Doing it here? And, and it's just, like, I, I, I can't take the song as a whole with that in the middle. And that infuriates it's, me it's because only, it's I only four completely bars agree what it, you... Not... Exactly, that's what's so annoying about I don't know whether it's true. <laughs> it's not needed and it's completely out there of... There were rumours that that's the bit Linda wrote, but was that just a cheap dig? I don't know. Because I've oh. been, it sounds so <laughs> Beatles, doesn't I, it? I know what I mean. mean it's, it's my least... It's my least favourite bit of the uh, song, but it, again, I find it with the films and with this song, like having grown up with them, I find it hard to now think, hang on, I don't like that bit as much, if you know what I mean. It's just so intrinsically part of it. It's only there briefly, and then you're back into another instrumental before it dials da- back down to build up even more. It's just amazing. But I, 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 I take your point, yeah. I think as well, um, I th- and in our discussion of Man with the Golden Gun, I mentioned this, I do think <clears throat> Live and Let Die is... The song is really responsible for just taking the Bond songs down a different avenue of being more action-packed and thrilling. Because obviously they got that they, they were in a sort of a routine of being ballads, weren't they? And power ballads with power voices. And I think Live and Let Die reinvented that. You know, it's responsible for the reinvention of the Bond song. And um, I, I think it's because of its shift, because the way it shifts around, and because of that exciting ending. I do think Man with the Golden Gun tried to copy that template a little bit by having, uh, you know, thrilling, fast-paced bits, but then I think Lulu's equivalent of your least favourite part, Cancer Kiss, you know, love is required (laughs) whenever... Like, there was that that kind of, that need for a bit of, it's almost like, let's have a little bit of light relief, because this, you know, this is a really good song, let's just... Have a little bit of light relief. Can't so be that, that good. We really hit them over the head with yeah. the amazing bit at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost like that. I think. 
<clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think what was interesting was listening to the other versions of it. I do, I don't like the uh, the Guns and Roses version. I, I just don't think it, it it's particularly great. But the Chrissy Hine version um, on the Shaken and Stirred album is interesting for me because that section is far more in keeping with the rest of the yeah. track. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, it's actually very Oasis that section, the way it's written. It, it, it's got an Oasis feel to it. I mean, it's more Probably it's more thing. Oasis than Madness, literally. But, I mean, the the <laughs> band and the yeah, principal yeah, yeah. yeah. song, but um, <laughs> it's very it's very good. I, I I mean, I could throw another one. This again, this is probably going to disgust people. I feel the same about "Come Together" but by the Beatles. You know, like amazing chorus really gets you, and then the rest of it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just like I I. I, I find that song frustrating as well for the same reason. It's like you've got something there that's amazing. Michael just, Jackson. As a whole, it does. Yeah, did it just. That's, that's my. Yeah, there's like the songwriter Ryan Tedder. I remember him. I know you guys are big fans, I think. Um, I remember a quote of his when, you know, there's an interview with him. It, it had in like another. Perhaps it was Ella Henderson's Ghost. I think there was a, a quote of him saying, he's happy. Um, for his verses to be uh, like a B plus, so that the chorus can be an A, kind of. <laughs> so I, 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 under, I understand that. I, I I understand that because you know you want you want the you do want the chorus to stand out a little bit, don't you? You want the chorus to hit people more. Um, but you know, don't sell for a B plus. Yeah, yeah. Live yeah, fast. Yeah, the, the, no, no. Die, yeah. die young. <laughs> Hey, yeah. hey, hey, I'm going to give that. But do you know what I mean? My, yes. Sorry, my point is that it, it feels like with this and with Marilyn Goldman, it's almost like there's a, an obligation to have a little bit of downtime with that section that you're talking about in Live and Let Die. But with this, though, aside from that bridge, if we call that the bridge, at the end it does go right down, but to an A plus for me because yeah. it's got... He used to say, live and let live. Yeah. And then... Da-da-da. You know, it's just—it's it's, too. Uh, that's that's the uh, you know the the, the quiet before the storm, isn't it? And then all hell breaks oh, loose. It just goes nuts and yeah, possibly one of the greatest final chords of any piece of music ever, like you say, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Even Matt's nodding. That's Matt Kansas nodding. Yeah. How intentional do you think that end that end chord is? Do you think? <laughs> I mean, obviously it is intentional, but do you think it's based on some kind of theme in the story of things not being solved or? <clears throat> leaving it a little bit open and mysterious. I, I, I think I think that's what it is. And Tom, I think I said to you, Tom, maybe about ten years ago, and I was probably trying to make a point, trying to be funny or something, saying, you know, isn't it weird that f- songs these days don't fade out? But I quite like a James Bond song not to fade out, and we've got an example of that coming up. Absolutely, later. we do. We yes, but I, we do. The, the ending to this is just so dramatic, and yeah, that uh, it's very deliberate, very deliberately written that that to, to end yeah. on. I don't know, it not yeah. It's not a perfect cadence, is it, Matt? What, 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 or is it? Or I don't I have no idea what what it would be called. Or have you no interest in? Yeah, I'd have to check. It's like it's left open, isn't it? A minor seventh. Yeah, and we <laughs> don't know. There was. I remember also maybe Saturday night. I can't even remember what show it was. It's something like Soap Star Superstar or something. You know, fairly. <laughs> but McFly, McFly were guesting on it, or McBusters, yeah, yeah. or you know, one of those things. You know, they, they and you know, I wasn't I'm not a big fan of them at all. But you know, and they, they said like we're going to do Live and Let Die. Like, oh, you know, Chris, at least the Bond fans, that's good. And they did it, and it, it <laughs> every, every no matter what version you hear, no matter what version you hear, it's just like yeah, every chord, every, the 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 changes in pacing are so rewarding, and yeah. and they oh. It, you know, even even busted <laughs> can get glory from well, this song. I, I, yeah, 
I think it's, a, it's <laughs> the sign of a really great song if different versions of it still sound brilliant. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I remember uh, Alien Out Farm's version of Smooth Criminal, I think, is an example of that. Because, what, yeah. you know. Oh, absolutely. Whether I would have thought on paper, but it just wor- it works so well. That's another song that oh, doesn't fit in the genre, it's in a yeah. dramatic theatre. It's genius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more dramatic theatre, yeah. <laughs> the other thing to think about with a Bond song is how non-Bond fans relate to it and how they uh, respond to it. So, like, my wife isn't, um, you know, a big Bond fan, um, but, but, you know, this song is, you know, is liked by her and it, t- it has its own thrills for her just listening to it she's not associating it with she's you know, not doing action. it for she's not associating it with <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that that guitar riff is so irresistible isn't it no it's a, and it's it's um you know like you mentioned smooth criminal it's also a bit like black yes, or white yeah. as well just a, just a, a riff that's so irresistible yeah. regardless of the fact that it fits into the bond series it prompts a reaction from anyone who listens i've proven yeah. that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, not no, always no. a good reaction. Yeah, it, it was number two in the US. No. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was Oscar. Yes, it was. Yeah, mm. the it? first one. We thought John Barry's not good oh, enough. Great. Been over this again. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, that does um, annoy me. Does... Can you imagine the ma- <laughs> we have all the time in the world. Nope, sorry, mate. Nope. Um, well, even Dom's off forever. But yeah, it was number nine in the UK. Can you imagine there were eight better songs at the time in the chart. Yes, yeah, absolute joke. <laughs> Well, oh, just music was so good then. So, well, you can't say that. <laughs> it's one or the yeah. other. Yeah. So he he still does it live, doesn't he, Paul McCartney? Time. I'm not sure how the end it. Some, sometimes I've seen him sort of doing the whole ding ding ding, ding plinky plonkety, you know, whilst whilst it's going off at the end over the orchestra, yeah. and he usually has fireworks over the top of it. You won't get this, but do you know what beat it to the best song at the Oscars? I think I saw this. It's. Um, did you? It's. I think it's a song that it we've mentioned. In a very or, good. Yes, we have. Yes. Features in Naked Gun. What is it? Possibly two and a half. Or is it Naked yeah. Gun? No, Someone no. Who's singing it in the shower? <laughs> yeah. And then the assassin comes and starts joining in, singing it. Yeah, and he joins in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way we were. <laughs> oh, yes. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Super. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good film. Saw it, saw it recently. That won the Oscar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it? Duck soup or duck sauce? What was it duck, duck sauce? Yeah. Duck soup's the <laughs> the marks the marks for this film. The other thing that makes me fond of this song is that not only does it kind of take the Bond songs in a new direction, but it was a new direction with the film, wasn't it? With it being Roger Moore's debut, and you know, it's, it was, there was a lot of freshness about the whole thing, and I think it's great. You know, if you were Roger Moore and you were nervous about whether fans will <clears throat> take to you or not, you know, whether they'll they'll buy that this is a, a Bond film just like all the rest, then if they hear this song, Roger Moore must be like, you know, I'm so <laughs> grateful for this song because the way it gets you into the mood of Bond right away. And I don't know, I don't know if the song will have been released to fans before this, they heard it in the cinema, I've no idea. You're on to a winner, aren't you, with that song behind you? I was sorry, Harry, I was just thinking of... I was nervous because I didn't think I still had it. I was worried if I still had it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> Go on, Matt. Just to sort of echo and add to what Harry's Harry's saying, you know, there's there's big. We've I mean we've discussed this before. 
that Sean left after You Only Live Twice and, and it was George Lazenby and even though it's an absolutely brilliant film and everything, audiences didn't take to it. So then, it you know, Sean came back and then that's the only... It's like, you can't do Bond without Sean. That, that was the seemingly, you know, that was how things were. So Roger comes in and, you know, maybe it's a bit over the top to say this, but if there'd been a forgettable... Mm not particularly brilliant song behind him. I don't know. It, it, it may be, maybe just, it might have affected it, m- things and the appeal and everything. It's like, because Living That Die is such a package, you know, it's a pack or a package deal. What that's, uh, <laughs> is that a quote from Love Actually or, or I can't, no, I was a done deal years ago. That's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> Different yeah, deal. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I just think, the, the the music of Live and Let Die, the the sort of the culture in depicted in the film and and everything, it's just it all goes so it's all intrinsically linked. So I, and I you know like I say, I think with this this song behind it, it really gives gives the film even more oomph. Matt Kansas, you're not quite as sold on the film perhaps as Harry and Matt are. <laughs> No, I mean it's I'm a creature of habit. It was it was it was different, and you know I. I'm one of those people who struggles to adapt a little bit when something's different, but uh, I also hate snakes. Snakes. So this is a great one. <laughs> a great one for me on that basis. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I heard that name snakes um, before. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not one of my favourites. I completely get why it's you know so revered and it's seen as a great film you know it is it is a great film it's just not one of my personal favorites we may be scared of it as a kid maybe because of all the, the voodoo and the it is it's quite quite, quite scary for kids and the snakes yeah <laughs> don't um, keep saying it yeah quite, quite possible quite possible um the speedboats and uh, you know that chase is yeah. incredible that was that was always a big yeah, fan and, of that bit and and the music when it comes in the you know the dun 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 Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Dun, for, dun. For, for when the, the henchman called Adam. Adam, yeah. His lovely sports jacket. He, uh, that, yeah. that is an incredible climax. It's that word again, climax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is an unbelievable climax of the chase. Yeah. Do you like J.D. Pepper, Matt? I do. Good. I do. <laughs> great, a great deal. A great deal. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a cue. When we see him again in the man with the golden gun, I just thought it's the ma- the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's very good math. Yeah, I just it's, yeah, it's mesmerising <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> Hi, this is Anthony Stark. I played Truman Lodge in Licensed to Kill, and you're listening to Really 007. Spent long enough on living like that. I think this is really where the, the sort of business end of the the episode, business middle, is that thing. So yes, License to Kill. We always knew what Matt would choose when I asked him if he could choose one Bond song. You asked me to. As well, <laughs> Why don't you ask yeah, me? Exactly. Yes. But we are allowing him both. Ironically, we are we are allowing both of these songs to be discussed tonight. Neither. And Next. Even. <laughs> so we're going to show him up. <laughs> Fellow that nicked me job. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you know initially Eric Clapton and Vic Flick who of course did the guitar version of the original Bond theme were asked to write and perform the theme song I presume that that'd be sort of lethal weapon linked yeah the two things that they'd done together Clapton and Cayman Michael Cayman who does the score to License to Kill were not only lethal weapon but 
we, I think Chris has mentioned it a few times, the TV serial Edge of Darkness, which of course was directed <laughs> yeah. by Martin Campbell, who would go on to direct Goldeneye oh. and Casino Royale, also starring Joe Don Baker. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that fell apart, and then we, we got <laughs> Gladys Knight's song and performance was chosen. Didn't happen in the end. Didn't happen in the end, yeah. We had, they, they were rubbish. <laughs> but interestingly, I mean, Michael Kamen, he, his, he, as a composer, not particularly in the 80s, but in the 90s, his, the songs he did... I mean, you know, all the ones with Mutt yeah. Langer, Brian Adams, the you know, everything I do, I do it for you, all for love from Three Musketeers, and from Don Juan DeMarco, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? All three, number one in the USA. And, of course, um, from Jack, the Brian Adams song, Stars. Oh. Which is a lovely yeah. song. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if with hindsight, maybe he would have done the song. But anyway, thankfully, we got this absolute gem from Gladys Knight. Composed by three gentlemen, Jeffrey Cohen. I don't know an awful lot about him. Narada Michael Walden, who has done an awful lot of gorgeous R and B pop, sort of Whitney. Tevin Campbell, uh, songs in the sort of late eighties, <laughs> yeah. early nineties. <laughs> so, yeah. not Kevin Campbell, the Arsenal, former Arsenal player, to link back to Kansas. <laughs> And, yeah, I was going to say, like, associating yeah, Kevin Campbell with Arsenal is pretty tenuous. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scored hat-tricks and then not always scored as regularly. But yeah, the third guy who wrote it was Walter Afanasiev, who basically, he kick-started a lot of Mariah's career. Yeah, he went on to, he did loads and loads of stuff with uh, Celine Dion as well, and we'll come on to her later. Well, sort of like that adult contemporary R&B producer sound, which we've mentioned before. Yeah, look them up. Look them up. Honestly, type the names in. You'll yeah, yeah, absolutely okay. glorious music. I'm I'm interested in this. Celine Dion will come to her later. We, we, yeah, not. I, I can't think. Stay tuned, fellas. Can't think. <laughs> Hot pants. Hot pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted scene from knowing me, knowing you. Anyway, we'll, we'll let we'll let Kansik go in on the song in a second, but I didn't realise at the time that... Calling they, by his surname, yeah, bro. Well, it's to differentiate. <laughs> yes, differentiate yeah. to... Ma- yeah, yeah. Ma- you know my name. You know my name. Yeah, nice. <laughs> they had to pay royalties, those three writers, to John Barry for the horn line. It's interesting because I think this sounds far more original and different to a lot of the new Bond songs. Which all sound like, especially well, the Adele one and the the Sam Smith, especially the Sam Smith, are sort of pastiches, aren't they, of old Bond songs? But this one had to pay royalties. <laughs> anyway, yes, did Matt, the others not? No, no, they sort of interpolate the Bond's uh, the Bond theme a bit. I suppose Goldeneye does, doesn't it? And some of the other ones do. Yeah, but this was the Goldfinger horn line. I, I don't know whether it was agreed beforehand. I don't think it was. But I think it sounds sufficiently different, and it's, goodness me, two great songs. But John go Barry on, getting on, more man. money isn't necessarily, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I'm, it, I'm okay with. I mean... Because it was the first one he hadn't done, wasn't yeah. it, for a bit, of course, yeah. uh, as, a, as a composer. Matt, was he in some financial trouble at some point as well, John Barry? <clears throat> I don't think it was financial trouble. I think I've had that. For tax purposes, he... It, uh, in this, this is so boring. In the 70s and the, <laughs> 70s and the 80s particular... Well, yeah, That's we'll why he did yeah. he did alternate bond themes in order to stop having to pay so much tax in Britain. Wasn't it like 60% then for the top earners, I think? He did Dimes Are Forever, so he'd done all of them until then pretty much. Took one off for Live and Let Die, then did Golden Gun. Took one off again for 
Spy Love Me, came back for Moonraker. Yeah. Stopped. So, yeah. He did three in a row, though, in the 80s until... I think he was possibly ill health that he wasn't involved in this one. And then maybe the moment had gone when he when it was time for Goldeneye. Presumably, um, they were Labour governments, hence uh, he was being taxed <laughs> more, you know, top earner. And then in the 80s, well, it's Thatcher again, so... Well, yeah, I, yeah. That just, yeah. I've, abs- I've absolutely, you know... Now, yeah, Bill yeah. Conti came for Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> Although she she did get into power in 1979, so John Barry was back right in 79. So we're not a political yeah. show, just to. So I, I was I was just I was just yeah. No no ignore no. right Matt Matt sorry Matt Kamsik. Why did you choose this incredible song? Uh, it's flawless. Yes, it's absolutely flawless. It is uh, like live and let die. in the same way that License to Kill is. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> quite juxtaposed you've got the order great here in the same way that uh license to kill is one of my favorite films not just my favorite bond film i i would say license to kill is one of my favorite songs and not just my favorite bond song it's am i right in saying it's the longest yes of the bond themes it's definitely up it is the longest yeah about five and a half minutes five minutes and are all five minutes on the credit sequence no it's a four minute four minute 12 or something i think it's still quite um, long isn't it? it was abbreviated but it's yeah but it doesn't feel like no it doesn't now because it's so wonderfully written and continuous and you've got those you know bits of those rowls bits of rubato i should say before um certain sections where it just slows up and just oh. you know oh. it makes you wait for the key yes. change which in particular is incredible <laughs> it's it's a perfect example of songs from that era yeah. both in terms of composition and production harmonies are incredible the horns you know we've already mentioned the theme the horns are just incredible as well yeah i just think it's flawless it's just an absolutely brilliant song perfect arc of a song from start to finish i think matt you alluded to the finish earlier on kill kill oh you know it's yeah and then just yeah ab- absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're all in yeah. agreement. Um, yeah, but we we think, do but say. The that interesting still. thing is, Tom, you might be able to give us some clarity on this. But what's the popular opinion on it? What what do Bond fans think of it, and what do non-Bond fans yeah, think of this song? I, I don't think many would pick this as their favourite. I don't think it gets as much love from the purists because it's not sort of. I think because it's not John Barry and it isn't used in the in the actual film, which we've discussed. Living Let Die has that as a strength. It's more associated as a song of its time more than a, a Bond song, I think. Matt Kanzik has just said, <laughs> the production particularly and that sort of style of R&B pop, it's so late 80s, early 90s that it... Look, I mean, luckily for me, that's possibly my favourite era of music, so it doesn't matter to me. But I think people... I don't know. I don't know what younger people would think of it. I remember... Water off a duck's back. Yeah, well... <laughs> This is extremely sad. We keep we keep mentioning performances on the X Factor and the Voice and things like this. Can you remember when there was a guy called Craig Colton was on uh, the X Factor mm-hmm. and it was Bond Week, so they were all doing songs off Bond, and he did License to Kill. I mean, he, I mean, I could I could play a bit now, but this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It didn't do it justice, I, yeah. but it, it, was, it was in the bottom two, and... I'm sure that was down to the fact that people just didn't know the song. The the audience didn't know the song because they were too young. Yeah, uh, I was going to mention that very point, Tom. And uh, he he was like, "Well, I think it's a great Bond tune or something like that." You know, I think. It's- <laughs> yeah. um, and I also remember it was used by a contestant in Pop Idol. Might have been I can't. I think it might have been the second series. Really. And she was also voted out that week, <laughs> which is a really yeah, harsh yeah. indictment. This on on a great song. But maybe yeah, I, don't, I just would you hear it on the radio or I don't, I don't know. No. Maybe maybe it's, well, it was something it was too number, much of its, of its time. Number six in the UK it was a big hit here. Not as much in America. Big name as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I was going to mention that that Matt mentioned was, and perhaps Bond fans or you know highbrow fans can be a bit sniffy about, is the, the key change. Because I'm not sure how many key changes there are in Bond songs. Yeah, it's not a particularly John Barry trait, is it? The other thing I'd say about it is that, you know, obviously it borrows that that theme from Goldfinger. And I think it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a Bond song. Mm. But it has that sound. And I always think that that's, that's a conscious decision with title songs in Bond films is, do you just create something which, as we said earlier, is going to translate outside of the, the Bond universe uh, do you lean heavily on the horns, the orchestration, the theme, all that kind of stuff? I just feel like this balances those two thing, things perfectly. It feels like a Bond song, but you can listen to it outside of that without necessarily yeah, thinking absolutely. of Bond. That's what I love about it. It's, yeah, it's just brilliant. You mentioned, Tom, how you know it's emotional as well, and I agree. I, I was listening to For Your Eyes Only, the song the other day, and I was getting really emotional listening to it. It's such a beautiful, beautiful song, and I absolutely love it. But this kind of takes... I think it's got this song, Life Skills, has got that same emotion, but a little bit more epic power behind it, and a little, it, goes, it takes it to higher levels, and, yeah, a lot more oomph. It's it, for me. It's an absolutely quality song, and like you said, Matt. You know, it, it walks the line between having those Bond ideas behind it, but it's not afraid to be its own song. Whereas, you know, t- today's songs, I think, I think all they have to do is do some Bond notes, really, and it will get to number one. Yeah. But I think a lot of the other songs were able to be more daring than they are now, really. And this, this. Like Tom said, it was of the time very much and of of um, that genre that was around in the late 80s and 90s. And I like that too. But whilst sticking in its genre, it, it's given us a very, very unique Bond song, I think. I don't think there are many like this at all. Even though it's a ballad voice, you know, if, even though it's a, like a diva singing, it's, it's totally different to your Shirley Bassey song, isn't it? They wouldn't even do that now because what they do is they, they decide someone based on who's, who's hip, I'm hip. I'm with it. Particularly, I mean, <laughs> like Billie Eilish is 18. I mean, Gladys Knight, I mean, she'd obviously been big in the 60s and 70s, but by now she's, you know, not, she wasn't that big. It's just like, 
we've done this absolutely massive song. Who's good enough to sing it? <laughs> we need someone who can really sing the song. You know, I mean, a lot of these people, they're nowhere near as good a voice, are they? Just incredible, the, the range that she's got. We will oh, go into... Chalk and cheese. Well, chalk, <laughs> yeah. Well, this, if you ask me to as well, I mean, it, we, yeah. we will go on to that in a second. Mm. But it's the same thing. It's like, who can sing this incredible song that's already been written for them, effectively? I do um, wonder as well how much of the motivation was to connect with American audiences because the, the artists before this had been like Aha and Duran Duran and stuff like that. Um, I wonder if, and with a, a lot of the film being, you know, filmed in America, it seems like there's a very big American connection to this to this Bond film in particular, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think that's the same with the song. I'll never let it die. The other thing we haven't mentioned is how it fades in from the pre-title sequence, like the wedding bells and the... Yeah. <sighs> So nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, are, they, are they the oh, same key, Matt? Absolutely on the feet. Yeah. They are, yeah. yeah. The, the, the wedding <laughs> wedding march. Oh. And, it's, oh. and the pan, it's oh. like a slow yeah. pan yes. down, isn't it? To the, oh, it's just... Once it's a good song, it's a good song, it's a good song, it's a good yep, song. Yeah, 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 forever. A good song, <laughs> yeah. a good song, forever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think, Kamsik, and you obviously said, uh, sorry, Matt, you said that, you know, Live and Let Die... You, so you, you said this, you think this is flawless. Do you think there are any shortcomings or do you think they made any mistakes with this song at all? No. Good. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. Yeah, I no, it's great. It's absolutely it's great. incredible. Yeah, I think you it's don't absolutely. ever hit, like you say, it isn't really on the radio. What Bond songs are playing on the radio? Only Smooth is the only sort of station in the UK that would play stuff. So even Live and Let Die is not smooth. So you get Nobody Does It Better quite a lot. That's always played, isn't it? A few to a kill, might you? I don't I'm not even you sure it is. Kill. And yeah. You, you don't get play it a lot in the <laughs> Northeast. You don't get many. <laughs> yeah. Even like, Skyfall. Sky Skyfall is probably Skyfall. I think is the only one you've got a slight chance. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's it's I really hear... strange that bit because I think Bond songs are almost should be aiming to be, and I think nearly always succeed. Timeless. Like they don't. You know, they sound outside. Yeah, of, yeah. But you know, obviously there are influences like both of the songs that we've chosen. Uh, it's a travesty that they're not on radio more not that I listen to the radio that much nor any stations that would normally play them but <laughs> anyway that's a, yeah. radio's dead mate it's all podcast now <laughs> it's all streaming now yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all listening isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is very of the time but it's those key changes and the that sort of more emphasis on the minor key that separates it from a standard R&B song like it wouldn't it wouldn't just be another Whitney song would it at the time there's a little bit more to it no I I, I completely agree Matt Kansit when you think of the song If You Asked Me To What's the media image just before you hear the song that enters your mind? The fish. Yes, correct answer. Correct answer. The, the the fish eye. Yeah, you know. It's, <laughs> it's but 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 also hearing the introduction while they're talking in the pool, and yeah. that you know again flowing seamlessly, and using the dialogue. That's yeah, that's the yeah. thing I love. Yeah. Like, using the dialogue is. You know, I in, in really want to know like what came first. Yes, with that. The, yeah, yeah. Like desperate to know what order that happened in. We've interviewed Andreas Vishnevsky, who played Necros in oh. *The Living Daylights*, oh. and he said he was given he heard the song before the film was released, 
He was played the pretender yeah, where, song. Where is it, where because, yeah. well, surely yeah. in that case, then when they're on the speedboat and they say it then, yeah, when they've run out of be. gas, yeah. then it, you know, it's, put, it's put into that dialogue yeah. then yeah. as well. Also note gas, yeah. not petrol. Mm. Yes, good, the Americanism, yeah. Um, underrated. No, I don't, she, well, I might do. I think I've forgotten. Underrated. Diane Warren. Yes. Is it Diane Warren? Oh, it yeah. is, yeah, 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 yeah. It does sound like one of her songs. In other words, it's very good. Um, Incredible, yeah. But I think that might it, but... sort of, it gives it that poppy, not just Bond, outside of Bond feel to it. This is this is less James mm. Bond song, isn't it? Because it, it's not. It doesn't go in a minor key particularly. Yeah. And it there's no, as Sam Newell would say, there's no espionage. It couldn't have been the song for the film, could it? No, yeah. no, no, no. No, 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 no. no but they're done with Living Daylights. They did if there was a man at the end credits, didn't they? So they, they've got. They're now onto the process yeah. of having two songs for each film, and we will talk about the greatest secondary song of all time later. <laughs> so, yeah. Later, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Celine Dion's version. Right. Ah, well, a, spoiler alert. A, a, mere, a mere three years later. Yeah. 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 So the LaBelle version, I think it was like top 10 in the R&B charts in the, the US. But when it was covered, it's not really covered, is it? If, if you didn't write it. I don't know whether, do you call it covered? Oh. It's just, no, it's just, it's just a version just of a different it. different version. Correct. Yeah. Uh, it was number four in America. Her version, you know, one of her earlier hits. Celine Dion, Celine Dion's version. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention actually. Is it so? Just going back, um, w- "License to Kill" the song was number one in Sweden for eight weeks. So, Whoa. so they're Whoa. they know what the good Sweden good actually does well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, are, there, are, there are parts of Europe that really dig Bond songs more than yeah. England and um, Asia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is true which is true funny and clever yeah. there's a pretty harrowing quote from um from patty labelle um yes. in relation to if you asked me to you know when, when she talks about how she felt the song was a hit and was you know happy that celine did a version and did well with it and then she says but the arrangements are so close and we both have pretty pretty powerful voices dot 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 oh. so who knows why my version didn't take off maybe it was timing dot 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 and it's just oh. yeah, yeah. So much in those dot dot dots. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's really, really brutal. I mean, I personally, I because there's not like she said, there's not that much different in the versions. Yeah. And I almost feel like the Celine Dion version takes away some of that '80s production. Yes. Uh, like the piano's a bit, the piano's a bit thinner on it. I I always feel like it has a bit more of a feel of the kind of song that goes at that three quarter way point in a film where the characters you know thinking everything over and walking the streets of new york yeah montage yeah i, I just wonderful growing up though did you really i don't know how much we thought about that because again maybe it was at the end of the video we've we stopped just, it just cut off or something yeah i don't yeah. know yeah that... it, it does it they did wrap it up slightly oh they, when I watched yeah, they it last wait. night it... when you've just seen a film that's absolutely knocked your socks off and you've got a song just playing and it feels like it's still part of the event, isn't it? When you've got a good song rolling over yeah, the credits. Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's the case of this. That This song is part of the event for me now. Even though it might not have, it might have been cut off on our recorded version, it's so much a part of it, uh, this song, definitely. Oh, yeah. Now's your chance to talk about Licence to Kill. Your last chance to talk about the film. Uh, it could be years Who? before we get to reviewing it, so... Anyone, anyone, I don't know. While you're here. <laughs> Where do I start? Well, I think... I just think it... I yeah, think go, it's go, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Matt, you go. It's- I remember Matt and I having a you know a moment of clarity where we really did a, <laughs> we really were on the same page when uh, when things you know, in amongst all of this <laughs> in amongst all this 
deviancy on my part that's becoming clear to Matt <laughs> over the last hour or yeah. so. But, you know, when we talk about the Craig films and when it was, oh, this is a new grittier Bond, and all of us, yeah. you know, Matt and I in particular, yeah. like, well, this was originally called License Revoked. So... Yeah, and it was a and it was a fifteen and 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 all those kind of things and yeah, it, it's it's just I I think of it the same way I do the song. Like I see it as just flawless, and it goes by so quickly when you're watching it. There's there's no uh, yeah, there's nothing absolutely. that you're really struggling to get through, and it's um yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. I think I, I must credit you, Matt, with with my loving this film even more because we did watch it quite a lot yeah. at uni and um, <laughs> and. You know, I just remember, yeah, Ramel, like Doug, you know, our good mate Doug O'Kane coming in, him watching, you know, he's seen it loads of times and it's now his favourite Bond film. And, and, you know, I think I had an exam one time and I was like, oh, Matt, can we watch Licence to Kill, you know, the evening before, just, a, you know, a bit of, <laughs> like, you know, last last night type thing. <laughs> last last chance at something nice. At summer camp. Yeah. Um, last night at summer camp. McCool's. I also remember I, I went on a, a film scriptwriting course in 2011, and I met this guy who was really funny from uh, from England. And for some reason, he he said I heard him say to someone, "I'm, I'm sure this is what happened. He, you know, things are about to turn nasty." And he was like, "You know, did yes. you know that that's a quote from James Bond? Like, even though it's Northern, it's the only time he's ever Northern or something." We found that quote. I was trying to find. Yeah, out exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, I could it. And and I was like, "Oh, what? You know, what a film!" Like. You know, he's like, oh yeah, unbelievable film. Like, it's just not a James Bond film, which I can sort of see. I can see some people saying it fits in more with the sort of late eighties, you know, Lethal Weapon, Michael Kamen, or, or you know, those sorts of things. Almost Die yeah. Hard, but I, I, I just think I think there are loads of Bond elements in it. You know, one of the best yeah. villains, a brilliant performance by an actor as James Bond, a brilliant Bond girl in Pam, who's way much more than a damsel in distress. Oh, I, I could talk about it for hours. I just think it's it's just, I love that film. You know, I, you know, I love that only... film so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say... Jennifer laughed at that. Which is like, <laughs> the only thing that ever sat slightly uncomfortably with me what? is at the end when, you know, Bond's talking to Felix on the phone and he's in the hospital. Like he's pretty yes. chill oh, yeah, yeah, someone yeah, who's yeah. lost a leg and his Fair wife. Enough. It's it's yeah. you know, I, I think he's a little Maybe a, scene a at the little funeral, happy or, sorry, in that situation. Or he, he goes to lay some flowers with Felix or something like that. Yeah, or oh, I know that would have been too much. Just having a, like, a, a too much. quiet talking scene, like yeah. the end of the judge. Mm. Spoiler alert. Because I tell you what, an, a, great film. Something I absolutely great film. Um, great film. At the, when he's just killed Sanchez, and he he just sort of oh, absolutely yes. broken, and he just like yeah. sits on the music, rock and there's a there's a yeah bit of not not yeah, it's like un, slightly uncertain music. Was it's it like, worth it? It's, yeah. it's our taste, isn't it? Kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. This is just taking me so far. Oh, it's just. There's, I don't see. Uh, I don't need to go into license to kill right now. Like Matt said, you could, I, I, you could spend days and days talking about it. It's just an incredible film. And the one thing I do wonder is, you know, like Matt said that 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 guy, that friend of his, said that it's great, but it's just it's just not a Bond film. And you know. Isn't that what people love about Casino Royale? Kind of how it, it you know, it, how it's not a Bond film. And it, I'm going again back to the um, yeah. I, it's difficult to sum up briefly feelings on License to Kill because it's obviously a film that I could talk about for days. Um, 
But uh, interesting for Math to say that people perhaps didn't warm to it because it wasn't quite a Bond film. And I think that that will be a common attitude. But that, you know, that's quite strange given how much people love Casino Royale because it's not, a, you know, because it doesn't associate itself yeah. with Bond films, right? So I can't quite understand that. Um, going back to sort of the songs of Licence to Kill and thinking about Live and Let Die, how we talked about how Live and Let Die gave Roger Moore and that film perhaps the, a little bit of a boost. Even though I love the Licence to Kill song, and I absolutely do, do you think it it might have benefited from a chart-topping or a top 10 hit in, in England? Uh, do you think it did alienate English audiences a bit? He did have The Living Daylights, which was a massive hit, you know, in Europe and ever in here. So, you know, for his debut, like, mm. say, Roger Moore's debut, to, to give, and it was a big box yeah. office success, The Living Daylights. This was obviously slightly disappointing, yeah. and again, we talked to Anthony Stark, it opened, it was, you know, the Lethal Weapon 2 was out on the same weekend, and mm. another Cayman classic, you know, Batman, yeah. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, I mean, it, I mean, just, what a year, <laughs> it's like mm. all, all my favourite films, basically. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But it, we also keep saying that on a Majesty's it took, what, 30, 40 years for people to catch up that it is it is a classic. Licence to Kill, if you see a lot of these top 10 lists, top 10 bonds, it's it's usually in the top 10 now. Yeah. I think I think maybe mm. a few years ago it would be lower mid-table, but now it's, it's creeping up. I mm. just, I have, I'm too emotionally attached to it. I know, it's, like it, and it's it one sounds, of the main reasons we're doing this yeah, podcast. Yeah, it sounds... It sounds daft and you know and dismissive to say it, but I honestly can't think why people wouldn't like it. <laughs> no, why a Bond fan wouldn't like it. it makes me smile um, watching it through everything about it. Like I, when I watched it with Jennifer, yeah. I'm like looking yeah. at her reactions to everything, and it's like, oh, she's gonna love that. How good is that? Yeah. She did like it. <laughs> Funnily enough, the viewing she said last night yeah, was. <laughs> the viewing last night was my. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife Jennifer it was her first viewing of it because yeah. she grew up in northern Canada without a television although the without a television bit was by choice but still it was a very remote place the first thing she said when we were watching the opening sequence just before the slow-mo I should say but still she said when when did this come out and I said 1989 and she was like wow it really feels a lot more recent than 1989 mm. oh, watching brilliant. it so yeah which that was you know but, it, but similarly, I was just really enjoying watching the reactions to everything. It was, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Matt, were you tempted to do what Rob tried to organise, but the council wouldn't let him? For his wedding, he was up for parachuting out of a helicopter <laughs> in... in <laughs> I mean, how good would that be? Well, yeah. all, all I would say about that is, as, as somebody who is a qualified pilot... There's something yes. which sits really uncomfortably with me ever since uh, somebody told me that if you do a skydive, you'll never be able to correct the fact that you've taken off in a plane more times than you've landed in one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such yeah. a good point, there's no, there's no, yeah. There's no way of correcting it. There's somebody who you you know, never learned win. how to land a plane. Yeah, there's somebody who learned how to land a plane. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Has to be absolutely. So, no, could you fly, Matt? Could you fly the plane that Pam flies at the end? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, this gets better, doesn't it? Yeah. Probably what's third him on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing I did find funny as well watching last night, which had never really sprung to mind, when she talking of that plane, when she dumps all the on the henchmen when they're running down the road. And particularly when they all get into the back of the flatbed and then drive yeah. after, I just couldn't help thinking of Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Absolutely, it's just yeah. 
it, you yeah, know, it, small, it, it, it does feel quite slapstick when they're running down the street covered in yeah. dust. You know, it's yeah, not in a you bad way. That's a very positive thing. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just listening about. <laughs> proud, stunning. No, proud. okay, I, okay, okay. Yeah, I've, I've got something to say, which links to our Casino Royale review. In that, I think Casino Royale is more. How can I say this? Another criticism of License to Kill is that it's like, you know, it's too brutal and everything. But I, I think Casino Royale is more brutal because there's like longer scenes of, you know, quite unpleasant stuff. Whereas this, it's quite limited and the kill, you know, the killing of Della's off screen. You see, you know, it's awful what's implied and what's, what's but it's off screen. And the shark thing is very, very, um, the shark ah! is very unpleasant, pleasant, but it's, it's only quite, it's only quite quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I, ju- I just think I don't know. I think I. But it I makes you hate. It makes you hate the villain. Well, I've, we love him at the oh, same time. Oh, but it, absolutely. Make, yeah, and no. Dario, Dario as well. L- listen, listen. I'm I'm absolutely I'm absolutely fine with it. I think it works really well. And you know this realistic. Um, villain, a drug dealer, not somebody like Stromberg who's planning to destroy yeah. the world to you know create an underwater world. This guy's just uh, this guy's say just, but he's a drug dealer, and the way that he deals with people who betray him or who've you know who've tried to pursue him and and bring him to justice is horrific, and I just think it works so well for this film. Just getting so excited just thinking about it now. Can't oh. it. <laughs> I wonder if every time Benicio del Toro's cooking at home, you know, he uh, he uh, he pulls out the knife. Yeah, like yeah. That, <laughs> he's, yeah. Just every time, both both <laughs> in, the, in the bar fight, and then at the oh. end, you know, and and he cops his leg. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. John Glenline. Oh my word! <laughs> just, that wasn't an accident. <laughs> and then Wayne Wayne Newton with the microphone. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. Is so crazy. Social distance, my friend. Bless your heart. <laughs> this is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for at the Tapes Pod, part of the Pod Dojo Network. We will move on to Goldeneye. <laughs> <laughs> a lace for leather. I never know what it says. Lace for leather. Yeah, yeah, lace for leather. Yes, Harry has chosen. I think we we could have all chosen as our favourite Bond song, Goldeneye. It's just, but again, this was a non-John Barry one, and it well, it's the one after, wasn't it? It's the it's the, the film after mm. Life's to Kill, albeit six years later. And Eric Serra would get his chance for the end credits, of course. Yeah, so but thank goodness, on. thank goodness that it, they went <laughs> yeah, against yeah. everything that I keep banging on about, and they did not yeah, involve yeah. the composer in the theme song for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did enough damage. A, he true. did enough damage elsewhere. Harry, this is your choice, so I'll let you. I do think it's it's not a very outlandish choice, is it? And in the same vein of maybe Live and Let Die isn't, you know, it's it's uh, an established and well recognised, very Bond exciting song. Whereas obviously License to Kill is a little bit more of an outlandish choice. This Golden Eye is, I think, uh, you know, if it's not everyone's favourite, it's it's most people's in most people's top five or top, you know, uh, top top lot for sure. 
Um, but yeah, so. the first thing, <laughs> the first <laughs> thing I, I was going to mention about how <laughs> how Matt's <Sorry. laughs> always banging on about how you know he wants the composer to be involved in the uh, in the writing of the song, and you know with this and License to Kill, I suppose that you know they weren't, and you've ended up with a gem. But in the, in the case of License to Kill, that was a jolly good score to go with the song, but. The, you know, the score is actually one of the weakest parts of Goldeneye, probably. And yet, this song is one of the standout moments. It's yeah. it's an incredible, incredible song, um, in my opinion. And I think you, you're right to mention that it's it's consecutive uh, from License to Kill. Even though we've had this, this gap, the way that it followed License to Kill after those, those years and years of hunger building, and the way this song, along with the film, satisfied people's appetites so unbelievably well... Because, you know, there was such a pressure to, um, right, you know, Bond's coming back for the first time in years. Um, we've got to get this right. And they didn't They didn't drop the ball at all. They absolutely delivered with this song. And I think a lot of that's to do with Tina Turner's incredible performance. But it's, I think, do you know what? I think it's all three elements for me that are just so good. The performance of Tina Turner, it's an excellent song written by Bono and the Edge. Um, and I absolutely love the production of it. Um, I'm, I'm so fond of the production, and yeah, Nelly Hooper, exactly. It's, it, and that it takes hit, like if you look up his stuff, it's that lovely stuff yeah. from the early nineties. Well, throughout the nineties, where it's it's rich and deep production, and also quite sparse in many ways. Not at all um, overproduced in, in any way, but with a, a deep kind of drum and, but not 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 the kind of drum that Eric Serra would have chosen. Where Eric Serra would have chosen a would have chosen Gasly. a yeah. kang or yeah. whereas Nelly Hooper's gone for kind of a like a proper uh, <laughs> very good. I, I can't Some really words would be nice. Yeah, yeah, but, but the, the sparsity of it is what I, I like to start with. Whether you link it with the opening. Uh, the pre-title sequence or not yeah. the oh. dum 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 <laughs> you know it leaves so the explosion much explosion in the background so, yeah and particularly in the early stages of the song it does what I like a lot of songs to do where it gives you the main notes it gives you some of them but in your head you fill in the rest you you don't necessarily fill, but by just giving that dum 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 you you not only do you feel something's bond yeah you're also you 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 dive into the middle of it. You've got kind of the the base of those like I don't know if they're like contrad or something, and then Tina Turner's voice. But you you kind of as a listener lurk in the middle of the song, and you're in it, and then it it, it builds so well on top of that. You know, with with the strings and the drums, it's just an incredible performance. And <laughs> Tina Turner, I was going to say she's the perfect perfect choice for the song, but. She was chosen first, wasn't she? It was Tina Turner's going to do the song. Yeah, now. chosen We need someone to write yeah. for it. They knew yeah. they were going to which write is really, for her, which is really interesting. They, they'd already got the gig before they knew it was her. Yes, was it Ace of Base had done a song called "The Golden Eye"? You that, beat me that to didn't it. Didn't quite <laughs> beat me to it. <laughs> the Golden Eye. Good like, God, what, yeah. what, what's what? What Bono and the Edge calling theirs? They're calling it Golden Eye. Yeah, well, we're calling ours the Golden Eye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did, um, <laughs> did they change the title of it, Matt? You might know this for when they put the album. You know, a bit like was it Pulp? Did Tomorrow Never yeah, Lies? They did. Can I I've, can I change my submission for this episode? Can I shock you? To <laughs> the Golden Eye. I like the Golden Eye. <laughs> In fact, at any no, that, that, time, that, I have more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
That was that wasn't that wasn't dreadful. I don't think that was better than I was expecting. What a, what a massive a compliment that yeah. is. That wasn't yeah. dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> but they usually are. They're a bit disappointing, aren't they? Rich? I know everyone's obsessed with the Radiohead rejected one, but I didn't think it was up to snuff at all. No offence. No, I I was tremendously disappointed by that. I thought they only gave it one spin. Yeah. When I heard you know the Sam Smith one. Which actually has grown on me a bit. I yeah, don't, I don't yeah. hate, I don't hate it, and I, I really didn't like it at first. And then, and you know, I thought so annoying that they just choose someone who's popular at the moment just to try and Hot right now, you know, yeah. But and and when I heard like Radio Radiohead did a song, I was like, oh, that's far more like it. That's what you, yeah. you know, let's have more. You know, leave that bit in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then when I heard it, very disappointing. Very nothing here, but that the golden eye base of base. I think that sounded quite quite good. I th- I think that yeah. that could have featured whether it's yeah. It doesn't sound quite good enough to be a Bond. This was coming back after a six year absence. Big pressure on this film to deliver to get Bond back in. You know, back where he belongs at the top. You know, Tina Turner golden eye is just again. You know, I was saying about living living let die. This this song helps. This song helps massively. In terms of bringing Bond back, but not this in a way that come out before you. T- well, the trailer came out, and we had the possibly the arguably one of the best versions of the Bond theme, yeah, the parody yeah. fair. And I'd say that was probably my favourite trailer of all time. Yeah, partly because of how it made me feel in '94 yeah. or whenever it landed. It was just a mm. joke, wasn't it? It was just the most Bond thing, hardly revealing anything about the movie as well. Whereas now they just they just tell you the whole thing and then do then do the end credits and then do a joke at the end as we all know in every single trailer. No offence, Mark. I know you yeah. partly involved in that that industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only in post. It? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing hearing that. I mean, it was it was number ten in the UK. I suppose it was it was it was decent, but it was massive in Europe. Uh, number one in Hungary and Poland. So again, good on these countries. Yeah, but again, didn't really, yeah, didn't really land in America for some reason. But I know it didn't reach number one, like you say, it was you know top ten for us. But it felt like it was in the charts very much for us. It oh, was yeah, around your yeah. birthday, Tom, wasn't it? I think it was released in like November the song, and you had it on yeah. tape, and we listened to it over and over and over again. And it was it was definitely part of that. I mean, we'd listen to it daily and all yeah. all the time. The instrumental the film B side. Um, so even if it wasn't in the charts, even though it wasn't in the charts, it's probably the first song as brothers that the first Bond song that we listened to as part of a, a Bond release, kind of wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then as part of that, you know, you, you've listened to it so many times, and you're like, oh, when it comes to the film, I wonder how it, you know, what it looks like, and with the yeah. the title sequence. Honestly, it's just one of my favourite. The way it just, uh, you know, the 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 plane flying off, the facility blowing up, and then dun 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 dun. <laughs> I, it's, ah, yeah. it's just That's so. On the feet, yeah, aren't I can't. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. So iconic. It's just abs- onto a winner. The title sequence is is brilliant. I think it oh, really fits in with the theme fantastic. and the song. And then, oh, yeah, goodness me, the way so. Yeah, so there's, there is an album version of of Tina yeah. Turner's Golden Eye that just goes to fa- it fades out. Whereas, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, which is you know lovely orchestration and everything. But the the radio, I think it's the radio edit and the one that's used on the on the film where it goes dun 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 dun, you know, and uh, in, into the seam of Bond driving into. Yeah, right. Yeah, now stop. Yeah, I don't want yeah. to hear that music when I'm talking about this incredible, you know, sequence yeah. and an incredible yeah. bit of music beforehand. You don't like no, the best pleasure never end. 
That's what I thought. Now, the, <laughs> the, way, the way it goes into the title sequence and the way it comes out yeah. is just yeah. perfect. Oh, and just, some, I think it's important to mention those titles because obviously it's another amazing job from Kleiman and just brilliant titles. But it was also it felt new, didn't it? Because yeah, like all the people that feature in the the, the title sequence, it's not silhouettes. You, they're actually yeah, it's more clear. It's the it's the clear it's the clearest title sequence you've ever seen at that point, mm. where you can see all the people moving around, really and yeah. as well as that, you've got loads of Walter. Worship, haven't you? Loads of like water yeah, spinning yeah. around, and and even even that that lady with a mallet, you kind of want to so join iconic. in with, you, sort of yeah. knocking some oh. statues to the beat. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Class, the Cold War. You know icons. what? I, what I will say about the yeah. the score math is that particularly when you consider that License to Kill wasn't one of these classic Iron Curtain plots in the way that you know Living Daylights was as well. You've got this post fall of the Berlin Wall world mm. that Goldeneye is in. Yeah. And I actually think that as much as the music and the score is jarring in many ways, it actually fits perfectly in yeah, terms yeah. of, you know, the Trevelyan thing. And, <laughs> yeah, and, I do know what you mean. The, not, yeah, not the, the car the, chase. The, I, like, yeah. not the car chase. Not the car uh, chase. I, but, I, but I do think it works. And, I, know, I, reasons, I, I, do know what, I do know what you mean, but I really, for a bond... For a Bond score, I you know I've got high standards, and but you know Barry set those standards so high. Oh Barry, but, and there's there, there's Barry 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 yeah sure something inside so strong. But John Barry set those standards so high, and but I wouldn't ever I wouldn't ever put this soundtrack on and listen to it. You know, there's only a couple of bits that I I really like, and some things are are strange that we've. That's not yeah, him. that's not him. But and it, but it also you know when you if you like watch films regularly or watch them in sequence, and then you've got Tomorrow Never Dies after that, which I absolutely love the score on that. You know, I think that kind of makes it stick out a little bit more as well. It does. Yeah. When you, when you see it in the context of what's before and after yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Ideally, if Arnold had started early or Barry had done it, it would have. But I don't. That, that I think it does add to the whole atmosphere, like you were saying, Matt. The Cold War, post Cold War. Yeah. Just some of yeah. it. Just some of it's, it. It's part of the it's, fabric, isn't it? It's very hard to yeah. separate yeah. it now. It's very hard to think yeah. like right. Well, if 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 say I don't, even if Kamen had come, you know, and done another one because yeah. it's mid nineties. It's not, you know. But it, it's just it's it's so hard to separate well, it when Zenya's coming down. That you know when the Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Bing, 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 Yeah, it's all weird, strange, strange choices. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, hallucinating kind of thing. It's yeah. In terms of the production of the soundtrack, it's a totally different set of instruments to the song, isn't it? Pretty much, the song yeah, is yeah. so unique yeah. from the the rest of the it's soundtrack. R&B, the song, and that that it's, it's those it's yeah, it's the instrument choices. You've, you've mentioned Nelly Hooper, like yeah, that drum. It has all massive those classic attack. things of like massive attack that he, he yes. yeah exactly that he's worked with. And in fact, in fact, the only accurate way you can kind of you can either compare the beat to being as delicious as the Stranger in Moscow beats. 
by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Or, oh yes. The, the same. This is the only. This, all this. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if the microphone will pick it up, but this is the this is the next most satisfying noise. <laughs> and the very the very linked, I think. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it is. That is the sound of. That's the sound of Goldeneye. Yeah. Oh. Um, just the most rewarding, refreshing, deep, beautiful. Oh. But then, but then, Maths mentioned, you know, the ending that's so satisfying, almost in the opposite way to the ending of Live and Let Die. But and you know, we we also discussed with Live and Let Die how we struggled with that bit in the middle. That's not quite the bridge. It's like an interlude. I don't know. Is it the pre-chorus or the bridge in this that's just yeah. remarkable? You know, you'll there. never know. Yeah. That is, yeah, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you'll it's never and, know. and that's where the, like the strings are coming in. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. But I don't have you have you Musical heard the um, have you heard have you heard the Bono demo? Have you heard the Bono demo at all? No, I haven't. No, I've not heard. I've not heard the Bono oh. demo. It's for that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The bridge, did you say? <laughs> For that bridge, it's so funny. Like, the time, the time's not on your side. Right, it's, it's, but you can, obviously, <laughs> when it's songs like that, you completely understand why, you know, 100, 100 people would gather in a cinema and watch that song. It's such a yep. good song that you can just sit there and watch it. It's, it's, rem- it's yeah, a remarkable yeah. song. It's so odd, the experience of being in the cinema, isn't it? And people that are just sat there... Yeah. Watching a music video, essentially. <laughs> the, the actual music yeah. video. And speaking to, of music video. To the goal. Yeah. yeah, well, to the Tina Turner. I can't really remember it really. You might l- remember a little bit about it. It was directed by Jake Scott, who is Ridley's son. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. He'd done a lot of music videos. I used is to watch Wiggly that music Scott? video a lot. <laughs> Wiggly Scott. Yeah, um, yeah the, is Wiggly Scott. The Bond collection for a, for a period, the Bond Joy, collection sorry. was stored in my bedroom. The Bond collection was stored in my bedroom for a period. I don't know if you remember. I think, you know, it's yeah, quite a yeah. big thing, though. And yeah. I had a DVD Custody. player in my room. Yeah, so you'd watch the extras of films. You know, because when I was younger, I couldn't watch a full film going to bed. But just before bed, I'd watch DVD extras. And oh. this music video, I used to watch loads. I'd put yeah. this music video on time and time again. Because um, obviously it's quicker than going to the main to the title sequence. I just they had this video as an extra, and free YouTube. Obviously, so. it, like this was the stage where you know you're starting to listen to music on your telly, and yeah, it's, yeah, it was it was brilliant to just sit and watch and listen to that to that song. And the other thing about the music video, sorry, while I go on, is I would love it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting your first glimpses because it's, it's like thing. Tina Turner in a stereotypical James Bond set. The video, but then there are cutaways. Gradually, there are more and more cutaways to the film, oh, and there's so that. many gorgeous hero shots of Pierce Brosnan, and you know, in his debut, mm-hmm. and you see, and you, it's showing glimpses of him doing these absolutely amazing things. And there's, you know, there's a, there's a part where, you know, I can't remember what part it is to the song, but in the music video, it's an epic part of the song, and it's, it's to the, to the bit where he jumps off the dam, and it's just the most oh. satisfying image to audio. <laughs> Um, combination ever so iconic it's just it uh, just yeah it's incredible isn't it amazing if you're enjoying really 007 why not follow us on facebook twitter and instagram look us up at really 007 pod unfortunately we're gonna have to close the episode on a sour note i'm afraid the experience of love by eric serra no. With, with no. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. With probably the best ballad that's ever been included on a, a James, <laughs> <laughs> James Bond film. 
No. Like I kind of mentioned, it has that magic of being at leading into the end credits like if you asked me to. So that it becomes part of your memory and it becomes part of, you know, how you remember the climax, <laughs> the climax of the film. Um, so, yeah. It's yeah. post-climax, really. I, I, yeah, I do. I yeah, do yeah, I don't, yeah. Post-coital. It's not as no, right. intrinsically linked to, like, the visual, I don't know. Oh, the plot. I, I, I do, I do and, you know, the memory of seeing it as, uh, yeah, the camera. His love theme, plot. the love theme that he does use with Natalia isn't, is nothing to do with the song either, is it? We share the same passions, that, that one, you know. That. Which is, Matthew loves how it's used in the casino scene. But. Yeah, for absolutely no reason. <laughs> Completely inappropriate. <Yeah. laughs> Whose who's decision was that, you know? Bit it's a bit like, it's a bit yeah, like, can you, remember, uh, can you remember on Harry Hill when he um, he compared the, <laughs> um, the the music that was being played during a, a Lewis car chase to um, something I can't remember, and then he oh, like, yeah, yeah. he swapped them yeah. over so that it was like you know I can't, I can't remember what yeah, the what show was, was like, but it, yeah yeah that was it yeah and Lewis was like, <laughs> like the oboe like, yeah yeah melancholy and it ended yeah. in a few seconds yeah <laughs> both very clever men both excellent dancers yeah do you yeah. think which do you think is better known. Experience of love, or if you'd asked me to, brilliant, absolutely. Um, as, brilliant. As, as a bond, as a if you are as a bond, I know we, I know there's the Celine Dion version that's carried it forward, but even so, amongst Bond Bond fans, it probably is. If you'd asked me to, infamous. I'm infamous. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was, yeah. You want to be famous? I just want yeah, to be yeah, famous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, I think, I think probably. Um, Experience of love might have have some notoriety and negativity. Is it? I can't remember. Is it? That's more the score, you, though. If isn't you it? asked me to, yeah, is that that's what it's called, isn't it? I, if I've you just, had only gone remember. and asked me to, is the official? Yeah, yeah. If you asked me to, I just think the way that it starts, you know, as 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 Matt correctly said, when uh, it's you know, <laughs> well, they're you know, oh. now why don't just I think people would probably yeah. recognize it more. Rather than you, if, you guys if, are more in tune. Sorry, I was going to say, you, you guys are more in tune with sort of Twitter Bond fans and all the interactions that go on there and polls and stuff. Is there, are these kind of are these kind of songs mentioned at all? Yeah, no, they don't mention them. <laughs> they, they're obsessed with surrender. They're obsessed with surrender. It. They think that I don't think Sheryl Crow's song has ever been mentioned at any point. But I know Rob <laughs> is a fan. Rob is a big fan of the. Mm-hmm. the song. I am. I think I am. I think it's a lot more important <laughs> than people give credit for. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's big as well. Surrender does sound more identical Bond song. I, I do like it. Yeah, a bit more I, obvious. I it's nice more naturally. We've got both. Have yeah. you amongst yourselves ever? Uh, have you ever discussed the the captain of the stealth ship in Tomorrow Never Dies? We we haven't, but I. Oh, no, I was I'm giving obs- it to I'm, Gerard Butler at the beginning. Sorry, I'm obsessed with it. it with this, I, what I, was the, the one who looks a bit. Oh, it's the stuntman. The one who's the stuntman for the. The, the, the one who's. The, it's the, the way he turns after they've That's sunk cool, the ship, and he he turns around and he goes. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, sorry, in the water. Oh right, yes, right. yeah, yeah. The, the line where they're just trying to crowbar as many sort of henchman catchphrases in like the stealth ship may be invisible to radar but the sea drill isn't I love the film but just that yeah. whole scene and, and then you know survivors in the water you know then I roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's our, our next Brosnan one that we'll be covering I'm hoping wow. Matt can join us how exciting it's playing hard to get 
Yeah. 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 Coy. Just a stamp. Yeah. I'm having fun with my headline. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, can you do an impression of Jonathan Price, please? Jonathan or, Price. Know, like the, um, uh, <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> Mr. Stamper. <laughs> Apathetic villain, isn't it? Good. Yes. According to the essential, essential, bun. essential bun. Pathetic. <laughs> Is it? <Yeah>. Is it? <laughs> any closing comments, guys, on any of the three films or all the songs we've discussed from Live and Let Die, License to Kill, and Goldeneye? Otherwise, forever hold your peace. No, I just think it's. I just to mention how wonderful it is. This again, I think it, we we mentioned it perhaps in the Casino Royale uh, review that we've we've done. That's probably coming up later. That um, you know we look to the Mission Impossible films as being great action films these days and things like that. But it's things like the Bond song, amongst other things, that just make the Bond experience so unique and so unlike any other. The, you know this idea that you, you get a song to go with an action film and not only that it's accompanied by um you know a title sequence that that is always trying to outdo the last one when you it's it's amazing just to listen to you know an, a compilation album of all the bond songs and that 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 album you know any compilation of the bond songs is like is unlike any other album really isn't it that what you get with bond songs is just so special and obviously that's in the composition and the performances, but the other magic of them is how it takes you straight into the film and how you feel yeah. when you're watching it and, uh, you know, all the associations you make with the song. It's such an, a really incredible foresight, this idea to come up with a song and then we're going to do it for each film and we're going to have a new song. And I know some of it's partly for the benefit of marketing, but... It's also really artistic as well. It's such an artistic way of like expressing the themes of a film and and um, the the pulses of a film as well. It's it's a really creative and unique thing that needs to be cherished. I'm so so glad that the the Craig films didn't decide to get rid of them. I, yeah, I cannot believe. I, 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 I've no idea why they kept it. I've no idea why they kept them because those that they're probably the things that are most out of place with. Everything compared to a gun barrel, money. Yeah, um, so I'm so glad that they're still going. Absolutely, couldn't agree with you more, Harry. Um, I think, even though for me the last two slash three have been a bit forgettable and not really quite up there, I still don't think they've been that bad. Even another way to die. No, no. I I, I think another way to die. The some of the production is the fault rather than more than the yeah. ideas of the song yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. So I, I, I think overall we've been pretty pretty well served by Bond songs. I think they're overall brilliant brilliant songs that have <laughs> you know, throughout what, from from nineteen sixty obviously there wasn't really a song for Doctor No, but from sixty three to now twenty twenty one when No Time to Die will be released, we've been pretty well served in terms of songs for these films and like Harry says it's so unique to have a song for a film each time and for for so many of them to be in iconic songs that even your average person would know instantly what it was as soon as they heard the opening notes that that's some going and you know uh, just another reason why I love this series this film series so much briefly it's maths reminding me there mentioning Another Way to Die, the song, and I'm pretty sure that it'll be a long time before that song gets mentioned on this songbook series because 
it's one of the ones that's universally sort of not rated as much. But I, I've seen <clears throat> Alicia Keys twice. I've seen Alicia Keys uh, live twice. And yeah. one, one of the times she didn't do it, but the second time she did. And even though I, I, you know, I have troubles with that song, and like Matt said, the production's really questionable at times, hearing it live, even if it's faulted, it, it does do all those things that it tries to do all those things that you want from a Bond song. It's, it's like a... Um, it's quite a yeah. It, so good. It it does it does try to tap into that that the genetics of a Bond song that we all love. In some ways, it, it under under all that there is a good song and and you know it when you hear when I heard it live, I did get a bit of a thrill. You know this song, it, especially with it being Alicia Keys. You know it really highlighted that Bond songs are totally different to what you hear from other artists. It's you know in that in her set list. Such a departure, the, the the genre of a Bond song, and it just further sort of further accentuated yeah, that that yeah, <laughs> the, sorry, um, <laughs> the genre the genre of Bond songs is you know it's in, it's in, they're in a field of their own, aren't they? Really? Yeah, and I think for me, it's as much as the the songs themselves are a fascinating talking point because there's a lot of variety. There's the question of who writes them there's the question of do they are their themes incorporated in the film or vice versa i think it also is central to the concept of the opening sequence in a bond film if you didn't have the the song section you wouldn't have the end to that start bit where the director and the producers can look at that and say right we've got this yeah you know period of time before before the song where we can do Mm. something really really cool and it gives it the room to do that there are plenty of films which have cool opening sequences and then they just go into the rest of the film but you get three sections with a bond film you get the introduction the song and the rest of the film and it's yeah it's so good we're saying that started with properly wasn't it from rush with love yeah you get it's actually quite short when you look back in it i mean what an absolutely brilliant pre-title sequence you know and the bond oh my word is dead and then no it's it's so good i want to do an episode on the sound design of bond matt the noise of the rubber mats Mm. being taken off it's just beautiful isn't it um But then, of course, they didn't have the song underrated. They only played at the end. They just play the an instrumental, the, the music, but, yeah. an instrumental going into the Bond theme, which mm. works brilliantly. So it's Goldfinger when you've got it all in place, and then pretty much then the only departures since then are on a Majesty's because it's it's just an instrumental, and I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing, I've, you know, just a cheap cheap gag. You said even the best, well, even the ones you don't like the ones you like least of the Bond songs, they do take you into the film and make you think of the film in a better way. <laughs> the Sam Smith, you know, the... You know, it takes you into a better song. That's the only problem, That's the only problem with that one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the on-car judge the Michael Jackson family home just around the corner from here. Oh, about five minutes walk. Yeah. Twenty-three hundred Jackson. Wow. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's yeah, that's in <laughs> But yeah, the yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's back in. <laughs> right. So James Bond. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, thank you guys for joining me this evening for another gorgeous delve into the world of Bond, particularly the music. In our, each of our reviews, obviously, we dedicate a lot of time to the to the song and the score, but just having this room to breathe and chat about how they link in with the film as well 
and how they all link together is something Harry said just then that it's so iconic and it it's only in the Bond series that this happens. Like you wouldn't you can imagine now, like the new Batman or the new Indiana Jones film. Oh, who's doing the who's doing the titles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, yeah. it's just amazing, isn't it? Even the Mission Impossible, like you say, they they have gone a bit Bond because they do show a bit of the plot, like they did in the earlier Bonds title sequence, mm. where they showed a bit of what's going on. But it's the it's the theme, isn't it? The theme song, mm. theme tune. So Bond has got it all and. John Barry, we, because we haven't really focused on him tonight, he's he deserves all the credit really for kickstarting it. I think, yeah, in terms of mixing the score and doing a song based on the score, mm. yeah, and his lyricists, but still. All right, chaps, thank you for indulging us all, and good to see you, Matt, and have a yeah. have a great time in in LA, and hopefully, you know, no time to die will be out. I don't know whether it'll be out in America before England, but hopefully, we'll in both no time. Yes, yeah. no time at all. <laughs> what a pleasure, though! What a pleasure yeah. to talk about yeah. these bond songs. A really enjoyable conversation because it's just nothing but love, oh. peace and love, peace, peace and, and love. love. Yeah. That gets Warning. mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell you. <laughs> this, the listeners have well and truly. Gone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good evening good night sir the usual yeah good night sir yeah good move. night <laughs> move <laughs> move <laughs> move <laughs> 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 Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.